1: a time of celebration, we can lose sight of the one that it should be all about.
0: We know the clock is ticking, but there's so much yet to do before December 25. Coming up today on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie helps us to keep our priorities in the proper order.
1: I think the very easy thing that can happen this time of the year is we can be so busy, in quotes, celebrating the birth of Christ, end quote, we forget about Christ. Himself. This is the day
0: when the lost are found This is the day for a new beginning oh, Amazing grace, how sweet the sound oh, Can you hear the angels
1: are singing? This is the day, the day when life begins
0: There are so many other things to think about at Christmas. It can be a hectic holiday season, Shopping lists, present lists, wrap this, post that, straighten this up, clean this out. And don't bring up politics with Uncle Harry. And make sure you compliment Auntie Anne's dessert. Yes, Mum, they're plastic plates. And can we take a minute to refocus on a new beginning? Pastor Greg Laurie helps us to press the reset button and remember just whose birthday it is that we're celebrating.
1: How many of you like to go Christmas shopping? You raise your hand if you like it. How many of you don't like to go Christmas? Okay, so I actually read that there a study that was done by a British psychologist that found that Christmas shopping is hazardous for men's health (laughs) due, (laughs) due to an elevating effect on blood pressure. But this is fascinating. The same study revealed that women's blood pressure was unaffected. So... What is stressful for a guy, I guess, isn't stressful for a woman, generally speaking, of course. But I think the very easy thing that can happen this time of the year is we can be so busy, in quotes, celebrating the birth of Christ, end quote, we forget about Christ Himself. I told you the story before of the little boy that went down to church on the corner and they had a lot of candles burning and... And he thought it must be a birthday party for Jesus, so he started blowing out the candles as he sang, Happy Birthday to Jesus. Well, the minister saw this and thought it was very disrespectful and irreverent. So the minister followed the little boy home, knocked on the door, demanded to see the parents, and said, I want to talk to your son about having respect for God. So the little boy was called downstairs and he sat down and the minister said, I have a question for you, son. Where is God? The little boy's eyes got as big as saucers. He didn't know what to say. Again, the minister said, Son, I asked you a question. Where is God? The little boy ran up the stairs and his mom went up after him and said, Honey, what's wrong? He says, Mom, they lost God at that church and they think I took him. And I I can't think of a time when it's easier to lose God than in this time. And of course, it seems like every year there's some new thing where people are pushing back against a nativity scene on public property. I actually heard about a principal that banned anyone in his school from bringing candy canes to school because he thought they were religious. And I thought, I have never thought of any religious symbolism for a candy cane. No, he said, they're in the shape of a J for Jesus. Wow. Now I want to go eat a bunch of candy canes, right? Christmas trees are called holiday trees. Instead of saying Merry Christmas, we say uh, Happy Holidays. But you know, there's a little bit of pushback because I read recently that a majority of Americans would rather we say, Merry Christmas. 68% of Americans prefer Merry Christmas to Happy Holidays. When someone says Happy Holidays to me, I say, Thank you. Merry Christmas to you. Maybe we should up our game a little bit and say, Hey, you know what? Merry birth of the Lord Jesus Christ and Savior Day. You know, let's get the focus where it ought to be. But, uh, you know, as you look around at all of the specials on television and a lot of the songs that are sung, there, there's no mention of Jesus. I honestly think many people know more about the story that Dickens told, A Christmas Carol, than they know about the story of Mary and Joseph and the baby Jesus. They know more about Scrooge and Tiny Tim and Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and Frosty the Snowman and of course the Grinch that stole Christmas. They know these stories well, but how many of them know the actual story of the birth of Christ? So yes, it is possible in this season to lose God. Now if we're really technical, you can't lose God. We know where God is, but we can lose sight of God. But God never loses sight of us even when we sometimes lose sight of Him. He's constantly thinking about you. Did you know that? God spends a lot of time thinking about you. And the great blessing that the priest would ask on the people of Israel in Numbers 6.24, you know it probably already. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you peace. Beautifully said, But do we even know what that actually means when we read the Lord lift up his countenance upon you? That means lift up his face or literally to look to see and to pay full attention. You know, we don't pay full attention to each other as much as we used to. And you know why, don't you? Because of cell phones. Uh, it's amazing to me. I was in a restaurant the other day with my wife and I said, look around. Every table, people were sitting there looking at their cell phones. You go outside, someone's walking the dog, looking at the cell phone. The dog is looking at a cell phone. <laughs> its own little cell phone. Why, probably watching cat videos, I don't know. Cats, I don't know what they're doing, you know. They're smart, they're probably not doing it. But the point is, people don't even communicate anymore. I read recently that millennials would rather text then personally communicate with people. And we have a generation of people now that are not understanding social cues. How to communicate with someone. How to make eye contact with someone. How to sort of nod in affirmation as someone is speaking in processed materials we just have that blank look on our face or better yet looking at our phone. Well that's not God. God's the opposite of that. When you're talking, God is listening. God is taking in every word. He's interested. That's what it means to lift up his countenance upon you. And that's really the essential message of Christmas. Emmanuel, which is God with us. So we don't lose God. But we can lose sight of God. And I bring this up because I'm going to read a story now that you might not expect to hear uh, in the Christmas season. You might expect me to preach on... The birth of Jesus or the wise men or some other aspect of the greatest story ever told. But I'm going to talk about a story that happened a little bit after the birth of Jesus. In fact, a number of years after. The story we're going to read is of a 12-year-old Jesus uh, who goes with Mary and Joseph to Jerusalem. And they're in the temple and somehow with all the busyness of what they were doing, they lost Jesus and came back home again, not knowing where he was. That reminds me of the little boy who was praying, and he concluded by saying, Lord, thank you for sending your only forgotten son. Now, he meant to say only begotten son, but for some, he can become the only forgotten son. And so this is a story that just shows us how in a time of celebration in a time that could be described as a religious occasion, uh, we can lose sight of the one that it should be all about because Mary and Joseph were in Jerusalem for Passover. So this was a great time of festivity and family and gathering and worship and, and they lost sight of the 12-year-old Jesus. And it also gives us a little window into a period of time in the life of our Lord when He was but a boy. So let's read it together. I'm in Luke chapter 2. I'm going to read verses 41 to 52. And I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Every year Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the Passover festival. When Jesus was 12 years old, they attended the festival as usual. And after the celebration was over, they started home to Nazareth. But Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem and his parents did not miss him at first because they assumed he was with friends or among the other travelers. But when he didn't show up that evening, they started looking for him among their relatives and friends. And when they couldn't find him, they went back to Jerusalem to search for him there. Three days later, they finally discovered him. Well, three days later, he was in the temple sitting among the religious teachers so here's a 12-year-old Jesus discussing deep questions with them. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers, and his parents didn't know what to think. Son, his mother said to him, why have you done this to us? Your father and I have been frantic searching for you everywhere. But why did you need to search, Jesus asked. You should have known I would be in my Father's house. Notice that distinction there. Your father and I. Well, excuse me. Joseph was not the father of Jesus. Now, he was a father figure and a stepfather, I suppose you could say. But if you want to get real technical, who was the father of Jesus? God the Father. So Jesus is making that distinction to Mary. Even at the age of 12, I have been in my father's house. Well, they didn't understand what that meant. And he returned to Nazareth with them and he was obedient to them. And his mother stored all these things in her heart. So Jesus grew in both height and wisdom. We'll stop there. Again, we know very little about the childhood of Jesus. In fact, most if not all that we know is right here in the Gospel of Luke. Uh, we know he was raised in Nazareth. We know that he was the son of a carpenter, Joseph, or the stepson of a carpenter, He probably learned that trade. He was referred to as the carpenter's son. He would know how to frame a house. He would chop down trees. He'd know how to build a table. He was a craftsman. We might call him today a blue collar worker. But he was also schooled in the scripture. He observed the law and he went to temple. But what set Jesus apart from everybody else was he did not have the handicap of original sin. Jesus of Nazareth, was fully man, but at the same time, he was fully God. He was not man becoming God, that's impossible. He was God walking among us as a man. The Bible says he was in the form of sinful flesh. Though he was in a flesh and blood body, he had no sin nature whatsoever. So he did not grow as we grow from maybe sinfulness to obedience, He just went from faith to faith, from grace to grace, from strength to strength, and he grew up physically, mentally, and spiritually. Uh, Verse 52, Luke says, Jesus grew in height and wisdom, and he was loved by God and by all who knew him. Now, Jesus had a human mind. But here's what's amazing. He who was all-knowing, omniscient was in a human body now when he was a little baby was he at that moment omniscient let me explain when he was there in the manger he had just been born was have you ever seen that cartoon boss baby right and and it's like this little baby That when the parents see him, he's just acting like a baby. But when the parents go away, he's actually a very sophisticated little business baby and has his own little briefcase and, and is in all kinds of adventures. Is that what it was like? Was Jesus laying there in the manger saying, Oh, please stop using baby voices to me. I understand everything. I couldn't, I don't think so. I think he was still a baby. He grew mentally. It's kind of hard to understand in a way. He grew physically. He grew in wisdom and This is something that's very difficult to explain, but it's absolutely biblical. So there he is as a baby, ultimately to become a young boy, ultimately to become a young man. He had human emotion. Jesus knew joy. Jesus knew deep sorrow. Jesus even knew loneliness. In fact, he was the loneliest man who ever lived. You're saying, well, how could that be? when he bore the sins of the world and said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? You can be sure he was the loneliest man who ever lived. And so here is Jesus now in the temple. And so they go to the temple for Passover and somehow they lose sight of him and uh, then they return home. Now in those days the, the uh, men would travel separately from the women. That's probably because they got tired of waiting by the chariot for the girls, right? Get the joke waiting. Never mind. Okay, so, so the girls would travel ahead and the guys would travel on their own. And so Joseph assumed that Jesus was with Mary and Mary assumed that Jesus was with Joseph or with one of their relatives. He was somewhere with them and they get home and they realize, we don't have Jesus. Now they go back searching for Him. Now if you've ever lost a child, you know the feeling of terror that you can feel when you lose sight of a child, like in an amusement park or a store or something like that. And uh, you would think Jesus would be very easy to find. Because after all, whenever we see him in religious literature or art, he has a halo, right? Mary and Joseph have halos and Jesus had a smaller halo that presumably grew as he got larger, right? And he probably glowed in the dark. He'd be the easiest kid to find in town. We've lost our son. He glows in the dark, have you seen him? (laughs) Well Jesus didn't glow in the dark and Jesus did not have a halo. He looked like any other man. The Bible even says, King James, he had no form nor comeliness that we should desire him, which is the King James way of saying he was an ordinary looking kind of guy. He didn't stand out from the crowd necessarily. And so here is Jesus now in the temple. They finally find him and he's reasoning with the leaders there. Now this is what I want to bring up. They traveled a whole day before they missed him. They had breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and never once saw his face. They had not lost their love for him, nor had they lost their faith, but they had lost him literally. And guess what? The same thing can happen to us, can't it? You can go a whole morning, afternoon, and well into the evening without a single thought about God, a single thought about Jesus, a single moment given over to prayer or opening the scripture. It's just not really a part of your day-to-day routine. And if someone were to ask you why, you'd say, well, I'm, I'm very busy. I have so many things going on. But isn't it amazing how suddenly our schedule miraculously opens up when we have a crisis? And suddenly we're calling our Christian friends and we're saying, pray for me. I have a problem. And it's so wonderful that God does not treat us as we often treat Him, right? Because, you know, if you blow a person off and you don't respond to their text, and you never call them and you never have communication with them and then one day you reach out and ask them for a favor, you might not get a response from that friend. They might think, well, I'll treat you like you treated me. I'm so glad God is not that way. And we go to the Lord and say, you know what, I haven't really heard from you for a while. I'm kind of busy, And I have things to do. But no, he's not that way at all. He always longs for fellowship with us. After Adam sinned in the garden, he heard the voice of the Lord there in the cool of the day when he would normally meet with God as the sun was setting. And the Lord's calling out, Adam, where are you? Why was God doing that? Because God enjoyed his time with Adam. He knew what had happened. He knew Adam had sinned, but he was longing for that fellowship. So God longs for that with you as well.
0: Some great encouragement today from Pastor Greg Laurie in a study called Don't Lose Jesus This Christmas. And there's more to come in this presentation tomorrow on A New Beginning as Pastor Greg shares how we can resist the pressure of the season and keep the Lord at the centerpiece of our Christmas celebrations. Join us tomorrow, same time. This is the
1: day, the day when life
0: begins. Now for a copy of today's full message, get in touch with Vision Christian Store. It was called Don't Lose Jesus This Christmas. Just go to visionstore.org.au or call 1-800-00-5011. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.